Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Episode 50 of the Hatchet Podcast. <laughs> oh my god, that was great. Uh, I am Chris Trot. Hi Chris Trot, I'm Ross Hornby. Wow. Hi Ross Hornby, I'm Alex Smith. Brilliant. And today we're time. coming to you live from Bristol, our various yeah. abodes, um, mm. and we're talking about anything and everything that comes to mind. Um, yeah. But yes. that was a great, great fingal there. Um, yes, oh, thank you. Evan Halleck. Halleck. Evan. Halleck. Thanks, Halleck. Evan. Uh, Thanks, Evan. That was very, very, it was very orchestral. Yeah, yeah, I like the orchestral tones. Um, and I think they've got some experience in it from their email. So they know what they're doing. It's yeah, good. and I like also it. I think that helps celebrate our 50th episode in a it very does. epic fashion. So congrats yeah. to us. A big pat on the back to us for making it oh, this far. Oh, wow, we did 50. Amazing. We've done more than this. We've done more than that, yeah. We have. This is just the second coming. Yeah. It is a second coming. Do we get a third coming? Are we allowed a third? I imagine so. Depends. Depends how long the second coming goes for, I guess. And then. I mean, that's a really interesting question, I think, because, like, in terms of, like, an audience studies kind of perspective, of, like, how long. Will YouTubers who don't somehow fall into disrepute, which obviously is clearly a minefield, um, how long will that audience stick around? You know, because there's always going to be drop off. There's always going to be highs and lows in, a, in an audience, like you know, in a, in a person's um, audience okay. uh, share. But like, you know, there are people that stick around, and there are, you know, we definitely see that in the ten years we've been doing this, there are people that stick around, um, and there's a core yeah. almost. And I just wonder whether. You know, like say in uh, who knows, say say we do go off and do other things for a while, and then in like thirty years time or whatever, come back and go. Should we talk about the things that we did in the last decade? Like, mm-hmm. I would hope there would be a core of someone that would listen to that. You know, because I yeah. think that that's kind of interesting to share as well. Um, I think it depends. Like, like what, what were you? Who were you watching? Or if you were watching anyone uh, ten years ago on YouTube, and you, do you think you still watch them today? Is there anyone you literally just dedicated yes. time to? Who would that be? Corridor Digital. Corridor Digital, Or okay. a form of. So, Freddie W, 
those videos mm -hmm. you know those guys yeah. helped with a lot of their yeah. videos and featured in them so and you know i'm not religiously watching them of course however yeah i'm i'm definitely picked up steam because they found a format which works for me and them clearly because they're doing really well but so um, did you what you you stayed watching them throughout or you had a break and then saw them i, I dabbled went back to i'll them. be honest i don't really watch they used to do like their big sketch like cg fest stuff and they still do that of course yeah. but i actually enjoy their more informal like vfx good and bad things and like yeah. breaking down and just <clears throat> having fun in the office which i guess is you know what we kind of do uh yeah. in our vlogs so that's kind of reassuring <laughs> you know that i enjoy watching it um, yeah yeah but yeah i think going back to smith's point in terms of like if we went away for 10 years and then came back would mm. there be someone i think there would be and then it, it just needs to I gain so. enough traction to garner yeah. a new audience again right so it'd be like that's an interesting yeah. concept guys that have been out of the field for 10 years and are back what perspective can they bring is this going to be an interesting video to watch and i think that could in and of itself if you've got enough of an audience to get above the noise you know um yeah. you could bring in a whole new audience with that premise and i think that's yeah. why it's important to have like a varied and sort of interesting life uh, as well like in terms of to create like that's something that i've noticed like that i you know take pride in and and appreciate about our job for the last 10 years is it's allowed us to have some amazing experiences and see and do some amazing things and like just that perspective of like just you know having have, being able to tell people stories about the stuff we've done and stuff is just really cool you know and like being like mm -hmm. like obviously you're always up against that you don't want to sound sort of like braggy or anything like that when you when you show them because obviously the thing when you tell a person you really care about or like or whatever a story you kind of wish they were there as well each time as so you know you, you almost you know like oh man yeah. it was so cool like um like i wish you know and so there's for me there's always this slight sort of sadness where it's like you know oh man it was amazing i wish you could have seen it but anyway that's kind of a a strange sort of element to it but you know what i mean like it's really awesome to have the stories and the and the things we've done um to draw upon um to sort of you know color yourself as you go forward and everyone's drinking pepsi max yeah um, we just realized <laughs> uh, so i thought you took mine through the screens <laughs> he's right next yeah. to me but yeah have it, some of mine and and i think that if, uh, if we continue to have good good times <laughs> with wait, pepsi max if we continue to have fresh times with Pepsi Max, um, then uh, you know we could become like uh, the Kardashians one day and solve <laughs> solve a war with our experiences. You're right. If we can just yeah. manage to figure out how to pass between cameras, uh, the rest <laughs> will fall into place. Yeah. Uh, first, I, mean, I, hope, I hope they invent smell-o-vision before then. Do you think? Smellovision has been invented, definitely. I mean, Scratch has and it Sniff. Been invented? Scratch has it really? and Sniff, the world wasn't ready for Scratch and Sniff, I think is part of the problem. You know, yeah, like, I think uh, you're right. I still think there's too many elements in Scratch and Sniff. sniff. You, you don't you want have to have to scratch. You scratch it and you sniff it. How many elements do you need? The scratching part. Remove the scratching part. It needs to always smell like that thing that you want it to smell like. So but the point why do you have to scratch, scratch it? It activates... I mean, they're not yeah. wizards, Ross. There's the the point is it activates some sort of oil or something that that doesn't. Does it literally just loosen and yeah, diffuse the, the smell? Yeah, the powder smell. Yeah, yeah. that's probably yeah, um, that's it. It's yeah. probably a powdered smell. Did anyone else? Yeah. So for for context, this was literally like you can get scratch and sniff stuff. So mm. they're literally stickers or whatever that have smell yeah. infused into them. And there yeah. was this thing 
when we were kids, Noel Edmonds, I think, did like a scratch and sniff thing. Yeah, like an annual that you could like fill with yeah. the stickers, right? Oh, yeah, I remember it? that as well. Wasn't it so an strange. event though? That I'm pretty sure like it was an like event. I missed out now. FOMO. Was it like? Um, I didn't the have ch- this either. The, to Mark, charity. My friend Mark had had this at the time, and that's why right. I know about it. Okay. Well, either way, we all got this book, and you scratch the thing and smell along with what's going on TV. It's like, oh, we got oranges on screen. Yeah, Everyone yeah, scratch. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then it was that. Um, it was but wasn't bizarre. there one that's like, oh, that's a smelly smell, like a bad smell? And yeah. it was like the bin or something. And it's like, yeah. you scratch it, and it does just smell horrible. And you're like, oh, why did I do that? It's like, like really um, artificial. But yeah, either way. synthetic sort of fart smells and stuff like that. Like that horrible fart gas you can get. You know that smell? Oh, that's, that's uh, the worst. <laughs> and some knobhead would take it to school and just like spray it randomly at someone. And you yeah, dropped. that bizarre like, buttery oh, smell, oh, wouldn't it? Scatter. <laughs> like buttery shit. Like smell. It was really it wasn't even, hard. It wasn't a smell that I could describe. It was just so just pungent it was just thick in the air and oh, you just had gross. to leave because you were just like oh my god so i know bad. what that is stink bombs had a slightly different one to the gas spray, they were more eggy they were like oh. a, very I think were like a, much sulfuric kind of yeah eggy. it was a sulfuric oh, sure just kind of that gas, right I think. yeah it just needs Something, to be sulfuric yeah, yeah. or sulfur of some kind um, yeah so yeah i never gross. i never bought those as uh, a thing or a prank or anything did, no. did you i always never? resented them well. so i never indulged oh he did he well, did. I mean, what did no. you do with them? Uh, well, I was very responsible. I was like one of the nations with nukes that wouldn't use them. You know, like, <laughs> like I had to have them. I have my but, store. Don't threaten I, me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to have them, but I wouldn't use them like in the entrance of a shop or something like that. Like you know, like, oh, that people that did that were the worst. Why did um, that happen to you as well? I feel like that happened yeah. in Swindon quite a bit. I mean, yeah. I wasn't surprised. It was more like you know. Like, I don't know, around a friend's house or something like that, rather yeah. than, uh, yeah, just like oh, in the middle of a one? busy shopping center. That's not going. Yeah, yeah. but this is the worst. Because, like, the thing is, right, who, like, who benefits in that situation? Like, you drop <laughs> it and everyone's like, oh, that smells. But, like, if anyone knows it's you, yeah. you'd be hated and you'd probably yeah. feel embarrassed. Or you get banned you, from, like, a mall, yeah, or anything yeah, like that. Like, like, you would just be told, well, you're not coming back here, and if we see you, you're. <laughs> Be it's that voyeuristic, that like onlooking, like reaction, isn't it? It's like, oh, I get Maybe. to see all of them like gagging and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But bear in mind the time that we, there was happening, like for us or anything, people were doing that. Like there were no cameras; people weren't filming this for a reason. They were just doing it just for laughs and stinking, stink bombing a fucking shop or something. And it's just like, what is wrong with you? Mm. I was a bit more sort of middle class in my like childhood oh, yeah. terrorism years, where like w- me and my friends would bring back like tons of French bangers uh, through the channel tunnel oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just set those fucking. So just playing with fireworks was basically our thing. Oh my god, um, yeah. But my oh my god, what they fun. Common theme um, for your childhood. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's exploding exciting. things. You, you you pack a, yeah. a loose brick wall with enough of those big old French bangers, and we're talking the ones that are like cigar size here. Yeah. Like, goddamn, like a little bit smaller than the ones I used on that um, shoot we did for um, Heroes and Generals, whatever it was. The oh, block load. yeah, yeah. Uh, not block and load. It was the one. Oh, Heroes it's the one where Simon had it blow up in his hand. Yeah, almost. yeah. So, so there was bigger ones we had that day as well that are like this big. Anyway, a bit smaller Jesus. than those. Sticks and, and dynamite. Um, we used to like. Bl- 
bundle them together and blow holes in my friend's probably quite nice wall. Um, wow. But at the time, you don't. as a kid, you just don't see it as that, do you? You just think, mm, there's a hole no. in that wall. I'm going to try and make it bigger. Um, we used to shove them down uh, scaffolding tubes because then oh, it would just make this oh, my <laughs> like the honestly it was a very satisfying sound but obviously just also jesus like mm. is something gonna fire at the end but um yeah. yeah that 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 was fun to do as as a, a young man yeah right. fair. but there you go i mean i didn't set anything on fire so that's good well yeah the scaffolding oh, I did, um, i'm sure i did the napalm I made napalm with kerosene and polystyrene, but that was more like young nice. teens than like, you okay. know, in your tens and stuff like that. Do you remember Where setting fire to like you your, your parents' um, back garden thing, Smith? Huh? And then it wouldn't go out. I remember that. Yes, that's when I was trying to make bombs. And that yeah. was when I was... Uh, but what I managed to make Jesus. was incredibly fast-burning... Um, basically a really fast burning smoke bomb it was it was potassium nitrate and sugar basically mixed together and um because one of them so potassium the reason that they the reason that terrorists are always like they were, they were looking for fertilizer and stuff like that a lot right you'd always see like oh there's right. barrels of fertilizer have been found and all this sort of stuff and you're like what are they using fertilizer for basically the fertilizers specifically are usually stuff like potassium nitrate, ammonium nitrate, and and they're essentially an oxidizer. So they provide oxygen to a reaction, um, like but in a concent- at a concentrated rate. So like instead of like with a fire that's burning, for example, there's oxygen in the air that the fire absorbs, and that's why if you add more oxygen to a fire, it grows because it increases the reaction. So this is like a powdered form of oxygen. So you mix that with an energy source. So in this case, is sugar. Um, and um, the sugar burns and creates essentially a fire and then the potassium nitrate speeds up that fire and that burning because it adds oxygen to the reaction so that's basically what you've created you've created a really fast burning thing Um, and at the time I didn't really want to like play around with like stuffing it in it yeah (laughs) Um, it's just just a chemical reaction I'm not trying I I didn't mess around with like stuffing in pipes or anything like that (laughs) I didn't, I didn't like try and make anything go bang. I was more sort of interested in seeing whether I could make it. And essentially what I was making was um, it came out as like this sort of caramel because ultimately you've melted all the sugar down and you've mixed it at a low temperature without any naked flames or anything like that, don't worry. I uh, mixed it and then I was putting it in these little tilly lamps, like these little metal, like, you know, we, I call them tilly lamps. You know the things you get from Ikea? Um, like all the little like candles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, it, yeah. Um, you basically... I just took the candle out of that and I had this little metal dish that I would then fill with this mixture and then put a couple of um, match heads in it it to like um, for it to light and then you basically just because it takes it takes a little bit of temperature and a little bit of heat to get going so you need to sort of use Anyway, I'm not going to go into details. Anyway, I lit that, and it would burn That's really, really quickly. a lot of detail already. <laughs> and it would, it, would, it would chuck, like, tons of smoke out. And it's essentially just a smoke, uh, smoke bomb. And it would just cut tons, tons and tons of smoke out. But because of the rate it was, um, like, burning at, it would get real hot. So it would, like, completely melt, like, the, the metal dish it was in and everything. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it was cool. It was interesting. It was um, the thing is, right? All yeah. this is going on in Smith's head. This like chemist slash scientist of like trying to like just yeah. figure out the science behind it all. And ultimately, what I saw was Smith at the end point, where <laughs> the back dirt of his garden is on fire and you can't put it out. It's just like, look, yeah. the fire won't go out. And I'm like, 
Mm-hmm. Is that a problem or is that <laughs> And ultimately the from gra- my perspective, you're mm-hmm. an arsonist and you're just there mm-hmm. like, look, mm-hmm. <laughs> look what I did. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, it's, wow. It's quite satisfying <laughs> Let's put it to out. see it work. Um, I it think. was exciting like, and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, like, and that was just like, I didn't. My parents obviously didn't know about this. Um, no, of although, not. like, some they? of the stories you hear your parents do are just crazy, aren't they? Like, some of the stuff your parents did we when all they were do younger, like, reckless stuff. like drink driving. Mainly, I think is the main crime of the previous previous generation. Yeah. Is like just mum and dad and like especially if you lived in a rural area just the drink driving they did is just like yeah we, we drove them back i mean there was less cars on the road back then i mean maybe a grand more horse and carriage as well but yeah Can't get the horses cars drunk. on the road so it's like, <laughs> no not that, that far back mum and so dad yeah. not that far back <laughs> you drank too this. much clearly as a kid <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah well yeah it's but i i was surprised crazy. that i as a, as i think about 15 year old I could order potassium nitrate off the internet with a PayPal account. <laughs> I was surprised I could order that. I must admit. That is um, <laughs> an interesting purchase, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, not just Anybody that, else by would the way. be put on a watch list. I mean, I probably am. That's, I, I might be, but like, I don't know. Like, but, like, not just that. Like, like fuse, sulfur, um, like, charcoal, all kinds of things. Like, all kinds of things. As a 15-year-old boy... You can buy on the internet with PayPal. It was it was surprising, um, but hey, it was honest science. It was never used in anger. It was just never used as an science. intention. It was yeah. you know me just learning about chemical reactions. And also, I'd argue you know gunpowder, one of the most important inventions of the last. Well, not important, but certainly the most um, disruptive disruptive mm. technologies uh, of you know the last thousand years. So like. I, I see it as I was learning, and I was, and it was exciting and interesting, and it and it and it turned me into somebody who I think likes that, and and it taught me to think critically, and taught me to try and understand things. You know, obviously I don't; I'm still a massive bigot, but you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it with was the potential to wield a bomb, yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> but like, yeah, I I just saw it as that, and and at the time that was my thinking as well. I was like, well, I'm going to order this stuff off the internet, and if the police come along and say like, why have you got this? I'm going to say, well, because I want to learn about how it works. Like, this is mm. this is kind mm-hmm. of where my like kind of, not I'm not pro gun. I know I know in the past I've said I'm I'm said I'm pro gun, but like we're going this way. This is this well this, just just as a, a more like you know my mindset kind of thing, like approach to a lot of things really is. Like, we we do a lot of things and we stop a lot of people doing things because of safety. And I and I get that. I understand that. Like, you know, it's hard. It's hard not to have those things in place and stuff. But like, I do kind of see. You can see the sort of like, why should if a person isn't going to use something, you know, in a, in a in a illegal or immoral way? I do think we are just depriving people of understanding sometimes, or or ownership or control over something that they you know that it's would you imagine they would probably suggest the counter to that it's just a time and a place thing or like as in you could do those things maybe in a safe environment rather than a garden where if there was more accessibility on your next door's Mm. dog or something you never know if school Um, were more interesting for example like science had this sort of stuff in its curriculum, perhaps. Maybe it all comes back down to education and making education yeah. more appealing mm-hmm. and exciting and yeah. also teaches us useful things <laughs> like tax. Yeah. So, I guess where I, would I you mean, learn like, that, though? Uh, like, where would you learn to, to make something like that? <laughs> we go! <Or> like, 
<laughs> it's bomb day at school. Yay! Yeah. We've trained all these eleven-year-olds how to make a bomb. I, I think this is it. You can't do that. Apply that you, to in real life. You, you, you <laughs> cannot sure. do that, and and I understand why you cannot do that. Like as well, totally because. Like, you know, not everybody has the same intentions or the same problems and, you know, all yeah. the other stuff. Like, I understand why you couldn't have bomb day at school. But at the same time, that just literally means you're never really going to learn about those things in great detail. Like, I, I mean, you can watch videos about it, but uh, like... Yeah, you, I guess you, it depends you, on the application you'd want to use. That. I mean, what would you what would you use that for in an everyday application in general? Like, unless you're benefit like, I mean, humanity. <laughs> Obviously, you maybe you're a de- maybe you want to become a demolitions mining. expert, and you wanted to yeah do, take on mining perhaps. Um, but I'm sure that there's places they learn that specifically. There must be. It was more so just could for the that. for the passion of wanting to know about it and wanting to yeah. be able to do it and and seeing you know, I mean seeing the reaction of something I did you know like as in I I, I looked into something I studied it I I mixed it you know like and I it's like ba- same reason baking people love baking you know like yeah they yeah. call they call drug cooks cooks for a reason you know these all these are all, it's all about following a process like and seeing a result and it's uh, there's the something about that I felt appealing. and how much how much does that hobby pose a risk to the society at large whereas baking yes you could have yeah. a gas fire or whatever mm. bombs are you could cut your have a off. single purpose really um other than the well no the they don't really and i wasn't i will say i wasn't just trying to make pombs i uh i was trying to understand the basics of the of the reaction to start with chemical reactions but like um well, I mean, how what I explained to you then, uh, and the uh, on the concept of an energy source and an oxidizer is the first sort of basis for that, and then you need to understand about how, I mean, ultimately things like gas expansion work and things like that, and about how you would like you know it depends on which way you want to go with it. The other way, but which by the way, the gas expansion element of it, you can create an explosion, sure, but you can also you know create rockets. That's how rockets work. They uh, are an explosion. Know, like, yeah. Ch- channeled gas expansion so you know what where where the interest first came from if i'm honest is fireworks um you know my dad uh always used to bring fireworks my dad worked in london for a long time and uh like he would stay in london for the week and stuff so i remember him coming back when i was a lot younger and um he would bring like fireworks back so he had like a 40th birthday party and this was a couple of years before they banned the mortars you know like the like the oh, ones, the big that ones after that headmaster blew his head off after he looked down the barrel of one do you remember do you remember that years ago I don't remember. Like, no. No. <laughs> no no that sounds so um there were a couple brutal. of really gruesome deaths from people misusing these mortars so they got rid of them in the uk anyway i remember the mortars and i thought these are insane <laughs> these are absolutely incredible like we, we dug them into the uh dug them into the garden to like plant them and then you set them off and get back and it's like a small artillery weapon going off it's nuts and they fire these huge charges up into the sky and uh like these massive like plumes of light and color and it was just yeah very evocative and exciting and i think that sort of perhaps maybe had some sort of mark on me and and kind of made me interested as a very young kid you know i was like i don't know between the ages of six and ten i think about that time and uh i think it had like a sort of yeah I was just like, this is really I think really Hollywood's cool. conditioned like, I, me, right? Because all I can picture in my mind, my mental imagery is a slow motion shot of young you with fireworks looking, mm-hmm. the reflections in your eyes as he gets to an extreme close-up, and then it pans out. And then you put on the Viva Vendetta mask as behind <laughs> the halls of Parliament are blowing up. <laughs> oh it's quite God. the image. I mean, that would be yeah. a cool film. Make it. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's just, 
it's just interesting and fireworks as well kind of always stand out to me as one of these things that people still to this day find really amazing and they're like such an old technology as well like Mm. you know like if you if you look at like what most people are impressed with these days it's for me at least technological innovation i you know i i i'm impressed but i'm like wow look at this you know um but fireworks are still impressive to me uh the same kind of like you know hot air balloons and things like that as well but they're such an old technology and i think that's kind of interesting how we still haven't got anything Stand that quite mimics that experience of lights in the what sky you know drone, drone drones shows. are getting there yeah, yeah definitely yeah yeah but they're hyper i think there's something accurate. quite quite different about fireworks and drone shows though in that like drones are beautiful for their precision and their you know s- almost their silence in some respects if you're far enough away from drones that is um <laughs> what uh, <laughs> but like fireworks are more this sort of much more primal evocative thing aren't they with like you know this explosion shaking explosions yeah, yeah exactly it's organic yeah. Mm. um both require rare materials both drones and fireworks both require rare earth yeah talking of rare materials have like missing fingers go on the trap not this one baby Uh, I was going to segue but if you've got more (laughs) then feel free to add to this topic before I segue heavily no it's fine it's fine rare materials now isn't that something in the digital age where you know everything can be copied Uh, however Mm -hmm with cryptocurrencies becoming a trend to the point where it collapses uh, Wall Street for a day or two. Uh, It's exciting to see the potential that this newfangled technology, which is basically piggybacking off cryptocurrency technology called Mm, NFT. It's the buzzword right now. It's the new exciting fad that everyone's getting Mm -hmm. involved in. Uh, What does NFT stand for, Trump? non fungible token now what this is supposed to do and i think it legitimately does do successfully because of the way ledgers work and blockchains is Mm -hmm. provide the person that buys a digital piece of work say art or a clip or a video piece or piece of music whatever provides them a token which is like a digital signature with it that says mm-hmm. that the original this is minted this is legitimate this is an authentic piece from the owner and no one yeah. else has this but you that's what that is meant to be um whether it's going to be a sustainable way of saying that this piece of digital product or art is yours and whether people find that actually valuable or not beyond the the initial fad where someone yeah. will buy a montage of people's daily like cgi images over the year as a collage for 69 million dollars <laughs> whether that's gonna oh, continue yeah. as a trend or not i don't personally know however after reading a an article or two about million. it so you could say i'm cultured now about it i i think there is a potential for it to be useful in if more yeah. people take it up I think. Also, it needs to change in some ways because a lot of these transactions are based on Ethereum right now. Ethereum is a cryptocurrency and they say right now, obviously, it's not having much of an environmental impact. However, the way it checks for legitimacy, Mm -hmm. utilizing many, many computers, um, if that escalates and more people take on board NFTs, that's a lot of energy just to check the authenticity of NFTs. So, um, 
though apparently Ethereum are saying 2.0 is coming out soon, and that's going to reduce the environmental impact by loads. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on is that them just changing the making the efficient more efficient so that it's an efficient coding too, change um, yeah essentially yeah, too heavy on the blockchain yeah. um yeah i mean nfts i mean we, we've only just heard of them but i think they've been around for a couple of years <clears throat> they're kind of like it's a wild west really because someone could literally grab an image online uh, a famous one put it up for sale um i don't know what how you verify it unless the person themselves have said on their own verified account that this product is is there selling it and it's it's their thing um i don't know how you verify it officially but if you can literally pick up someone's piece of work and sell it again there's gonna be rights issues all over the place so other ones otherwise That's danger right yeah. i imagine i imagine whoever gets ripped off supposedly is going to have to make an NFT just to block that person from ripping their content and or you know, just having an official version of it on their public forum. Yeah, you know, or say, it. Or that's not it, my yeah. NFT. Uh, don't buy yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. the speed at which you can upload these things is just going to be fucking impossible. I think that's a really good point, Ross. And I think that yeah, that's a big uh, issue. I, I think that the, one of the biggest challenges now is like everyone knows who Beeple is because that's the news story you're hearing all the time currently, right? And, yeah. And so you kind of know like oh this is a beeple but like yeah. yeah what's to stop like if you will see how easy it is to upload nfts to marketplaces it's super yeah. easy what's it to does stop cost a going, lot, the first ever rip of al smithy um complaining about nfts just putting this yeah. clip right now onto that and going hey and people might you know see value in that they might go oh yeah i think people in the future will hat films fans will want this so i'm going to buy that and it is, does that become of in terms of like the community verifying it and putting money into it does that become a a verified thing but like like as in do i even get a say in in that well, yeah, because the thing is you would if you then yeah denounced it because then then you'd remove the value from that product if someone bought that in, in blind faith thinking yeah this is al smith you must have put this up this is his work mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to buy it for £10 and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, yeah, but essentially you can, you can devalue it of, yourself, right? But that's only if you're trading, as in that's only if the value comes from the fact that you, you want it from the, per, the the artist himself has uploaded it, right? So you're saying yeah. people will only care if it's a verified and uploaded by me item. But maybe it's right, not. Okay. Maybe it's something that a user has created, much like yeah. clip-style channels right now, um, which, you know, yeah. take clips such as this one and put it on, on their YouTube channel. They may yeah, not be earning yeah. money from it, but it's still, um, you know... Um, it's still something enjoyed or whatever by a community. And so yeah. therefore the value okay. comes from what the community is willing to pay for it. And so your image is being used as such, uh, but mm. it's, it's, and it's giving the item value, but it's not necessarily benefiting the artist individually, for example. Not like, you yeah. know, there's other, there's all sorts of verification and yeah. ownership questions around something by its very nature is decentralized in, you know, is decentralized. So you, yeah. but, like the, the entire benefit of the crypto system comes from the verification is decentralized so that you do not need yeah. banks and institutions um, that are making money that are potentially losing manipulating money you know the, the reasons for crypto are valid mm. i think that this is is currently enjoying a massive wave for one i think that eventually the value of the system will emerge but right now 
the only people NFTs are benefiting are people that want to speculate on them. So they will yeah. buy them because there are plenty of people out there with tons of fucking money because we have such an unequal society. There are people that are playing with money in different varying scales. That, that's who are benefiting from this right now. And there are artists who've got on top of this hype train, much like if you bought any crypto in the early years, you will be benefiting yeah. now. But artists have an audience and a social media following, which they can then yeah. use to generate hype for this asset. This is all it is. Yeah right now in the future it might be something that's useful for artists um to verify ownership digitally i think it's great for that but right now all it is is another stock market another crypto coin and everyone should just wait for the dust to settle because right now all it is are people with lots of money trying to make more money from other people with lots of money that's all it is uh, but it's yeah it's like it's like art in general right so the value of that piece of work is really dictated by it's an emotional thing yeah whoever holds value to it so if you could be like oh i want oh i you know i'd love to have you know jack dorsey's first fucking tweet which Mm -hmm. is a screenshot of his own tweet which does sound really ridiculous but ultimately you're like you're like oh look i'm gonna buy it because it's that little stake of history and it is literally for those individuals who are it's 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 not a normal person thing i don't think really it's not for us to say so this is about emotive value then is what you're saying which is another element of this so you're saying it's about emotive value right i I feel like this is fucked up for another reason i've been thinking about this a bit because i I thought we were going to talk about this so i i was saying that something that a lot of artists are saying are that yeah there's an emotive value like people paying whatever art is worth to them you know that's what art, like that's why people pay money for art because it's about what is worth to them to have that thing and to know they have that thing right or so what they think the, somebody else will value it as surely well, as well this is the other side of the argument which is i think right now art, art is meant to be an emotive space right and and uh, and i think a lot of artists are excited um about nfts because it's an, an, an innovation within their space which hasn't had a huge amount of innovation you know it's a new way to sell art like much like when i'm sure things like um like you know websites that share artist stuff like um what was the one that called the porn band recently like uh, tumblr was exciting for um people new grounds another uh, sort of idea where people could share games and ideas they had you know it's exciting for innovation to happen within um artist space uh, especially digitally however i think right now it's not really the artists or the emotive reasons that people are being excited about nfts i don't think that the traditional artistic virtues are here. I think the reason that people are excited about NFTs is because of the money you can make. I think that's literally yeah. it. Like, I think there's something which, else, though. Without, like, I think it's also important to state up front that with any new thing, we need to kind of just keep an open mind about it. I think it's very easy for people to uh, yeah, instantly sure. have yeah. a harsh reaction to something. It's like, this is stupid. Like, this is waste mm. of time. Like, I can right-click, copy, download. Sure, that's fair enough. You can have like an instantaneous mm-hmm. reaction to it, but like, don't write the whole thing off um, yeah. before researching it a bit more. And this is what I did a little bit. So to counter a little bit, add a bit of positivity or where it could be if it works, right? So for artists in the industry, say, for example, graffiti artists, this is another case. Uh, one mm-hmm. artist has been relatively successful. This is a graffiti artist of selling like sections of i know this sounds crazy but they take photos essentially of sections of their graffiti and sell them as nfts and what this does is essentially um makes the graffiti immortal because it's their artwork it's from them they took a photo of it Mm -hmm. but the other product is they're trying to change the idea of owning one thing and they break it up instead and make it a community effort 
So whereas, you know, the Mona Lisa or like really high value art is really for those people that are rich people. It's for a very small percentage, predominantly male <laughs> uh, industry and auctions where only those people can afford to ever have something like that. Whereas this, there, there is the potential and that utopic vision where NFTs could, at least for someone without that much income, own a piece of something of, of an artist they really care about and yeah. genuinely own it for themselves with a verification of it. And if it's split yeah. into multiple pieces, that means you have a small piece of their art. And also apparently there's this feature where you can loan uh, the other pieces from oh, really? the other owners and so it's like a collaborative effort to bring that piece back together and you can see the whole thing is full from mm. all the original owners so that's to be clear with know. the if anyone's confused about nfts in terms of what it is um you don't have any there's there's no data there it's basically the, the equivalent of a serial number and a link that's what the file would contain it's like 64 bytes i think um, so when you're buying an NFT, you aren't buying... You're you buying know, the uh, signature yeah, you, rather than you're the... You're buying the, the signature, yeah. The, the, the verification yeah. code, which they've said, is that that's the one. Um, mm -hmm. And so I guess that the, the oh, trouble oh, which it could un, unravel is in the way that you're saying, Trot, if someone decides to divide their artwork into, let's say, a million pieces, each of those is worth a million dollars, but suddenly you then basically created your own crypto coin. You've got, a, you've got, but with a, a million pieces, right? Mm. So you can actually dictate how much kickback you get every time one of those is sold. So you could be like, I'm going to get, I, I want, I want to take ninety percent of what that person sells every time they sell it. They can keep ten percent or whatever. You can choose to take a hundred percent if you really wanted to. Um, so and and it's and it's completely kind of, you know, there are no rules. So you could you could set well, that. Obviously, that's a dickish thing to. That's that's the money side of things. Sure, I think it's not necessarily um, the ownership piece, but it could you could create your own personal currency by doing there's a, there's this. A a bit more, if you wanted I, to, I, I understand. To, okay, it's go not on, go ahead. it's not like a text file, right, with a link and a code. No. That's like, look, I can just copy and paste this. Boom, 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 boom. I've got loads of them now. It's not how yeah. it works, and I think a lot of people kind of make that assumption. Is like. It's the same pixels as the same zeros and ones. Therefore, anyone can reproduce it, right? It's the way blockchains work and the way they are able to stay decentralized is through that same technology where every single computer verifies that transaction that happens um, and can say whether it's real or not. So by copying yeah. it, ultimately, it, it isn't part of the ledger that everyone else's PC has on it. So, um, But yeah, I'm just saying like, yeah, they, that's an interesting point, actually, about, like, you could sell um, a million of these things and create yeah. value of those things, and then you have a million of them to then take revenue yeah. from. But, again, like... It depends, the value who's, it depends who's in charge of it, right, in, in terms of who, who wants to be malicious with it. If you were like, okay, I've got this one product, or, you know, let's say I've got this first tweet ever or whatever, um, and you go, actually, I want to make uh, two of those. So now you've instantly devalued the first one, but now you're going to be earning twice as much profit because that's going to be sold around the internet, ping-ponging around as people bid for it and, and are buying it. So you could, in, in terms of what people are seeing is the, the money. They're seeing that there is this avenue for, for making money. And it's good that I, I do think that having a digital signature is, is an interesting and important thing in the future as things get more digitized and people who just do literally digital work, there's never actually a physical 
property of it other than a print maybe you can print out it's a but, real um, problem with the internet age of like ownership and copyright yeah. and like where is that and the value of but things this is it. has shifted the copyright so change with the nft so like, the, the copyright won't change uh from the original creator you don't own the copyright when you own the nft exactly. so that, what people i'm guessing are skeptical about is the fact that what are you buying other than obviously yeah you're buying something you're attaching potentially an emotional value to and also a, a, a real value to in this case but there's shitloads of nfts out there that are probably worth like a penny less than that and it's just littering a website somewhere where people are bidding on this shit and then yeah the the good stuff apparently rises to the top here but who knows how crazy that that market's going to change when we've only just heard about it like a week ago so i can tell you how much it's changed actually i, I was watching yeah. uh, i read something about it it went from uh, one of the main marketplaces, I can't remember the name of it, I don't want to name it really, but there was one, one of the main marketplaces went from um, 9 million um, in transactions in January to I think about 60 million in February. So this is the speed at which it's picked up. It's, you know, they've increased their transactions 600%, um, I think. It might be more than that. Uh, my math is quite terrible. But yeah, they went from about 10 to 60, uh, 60 million in one month in terms of transaction Jeez. uptick. Um, so. I mean, this is a wave. I mean, I, I understand what Troy's saying, and I, and I, I think there are some, some reasons for it. Um, however, right now, it's in a massive boom period, just yeah. like um, crypto, just like stocks and shares for certain stocks, certain meme stocks. Right mm. now, people are at home this year. They haven't spent as much money. Um, or sorry, not everybody. Uh, some segments of, of, of our population are at home with a little bit of extra money because they haven't spent it on other things. So people, uh, the retail market is causing these shifts and these movements. So there's also, you know, with some elements of it, things like uh, this uh, people stuff, there are people with gigantic amounts of money who are sort of making waves in the digital space now, you know. Whilst Just wanting most to disrupt may- it, yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, there, there's sort of a... Um, where you might not have seen these people bidding these gigantic amounts in the private auction house rooms of, of, of big cities in the past. Now, these digital auction houses and things like that are seeing these giant influxes of wealth, and it just sort of shows you that there's, there's, there's these people that exist. Um, but I would say that, yeah, as, as most people, you know, like I think like I you know, I'm dabbling in meme stocks right now. I've dabbled in crypto. Like, but you have to understand like i'm just saying i'm not like above it in some way i'm not saying i'm above it but it is literally gambling it is it is it is speculative gambling the, the, that is the only way to look at That's it because right now in, not necessarily crypt, yeah but this this is the honestly i think N- nfts and crypto are literally experiencing the same thing right now like it, it's an exciting potentially get quick rich scheme that is real and has reasons why it exists however the primary news and the main uh, back and forth you hear about it are people making big amounts of money about it that's why people are interested in it if you said ask the average person on the street if they'd be interested in owning a little bit of a um photo of banksy's thing on the wall the only reason they'd be interested is if you told them that they could potentially make millions of pounds before that they'd be like no yeah. thanks i don't know like, well, like, that's well, not you, true no it, it, i think it is I, honestly, if it was I, a rand, this, if it wasn't banksy i, I would agree 
it's that's well, okay, that's right. what makes yeah, it yeah, just because well, you you've, okay, sorry. You've name yeah, dropped I, a huge the person. You're like, oh, I have a little yeah, piece yeah. of that because yeah, it's Banksy. Because they like, say Banksy, but the, the vast yeah, majority, if you don't already have a large following as an artist, or if you don't already have some form of social influence, you are not going to make a lot of money on this. Like, yeah, but maybe it, there's a couple of the artists, the the, the fucking graffiti artists in Bristol might <clears> sell a couple of their murals, which are awesome. I understand <clears> giving tangibility to yeah. an asset that is impermanent. I understand yeah. that value. However, that is in no way going to form the backbone of some sort of new market. You know, there's only it's so many photos of graffiti you can all post on NFTs. This boom is absolutely about money because that's yeah. what's making the headlines. The technology, mm-hmm. however, is about that empathy and that emotional connection to the artist you care about, right? Value no, the be The technology damned. is the blockchain. That, that's, that's the technology. The, the emotive mm. value, the sale pitch on this technology is that emotive connection to the artist. The technology is the same as crypto. Like, I, I, I think... Like, the, but this the is enabling Im- that connection is what I'm trying to say. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, verifying the same technology that, existed yeah. since the 90s. It's like people wanting a reply from someone online. You know it's them because they got the tick next to their name. Or yeah. you verify with Mark Hamill on Twitter, is this signature real that I got, like, you know, mm-hmm. bought on eBay? Sorry, mm-hmm. no, it's not. Yes, it is. That value yeah. suddenly changes when you know it's not. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same like pen on a thing, but you know that it was Mark Hamill that wrote it because he said so. So um, it's the verification system which is giving imparted yeah. value to these things, right? Verification yes. used to happen in other th- forms. You might get like an official art dealer to go, yes, we've checked this. Uh, this vinyl is actually sold by yeah. the, signed by the Beatles. This is real. You know, we, you've just ta- you've just decentralized that. Essentially, is what you've done. You've taken it out of the hands of perhaps art dealers and and given the verification process over to the same system that ethereum uses and, and cryptography uses basically like, yes it's the minting and, and process. all of this value that's currently being generated is the same financial wave that these others other value we're seeing in the other segments of gambling of uh, it, which is stocks and crypto right now are essentially gambling with an asset base you could be betting on horses you could be buying lottery tickets ultimately but it's not ev- it's gambling to a degree I, I would say that, it, that it, it's a trust system just like we you, trust, you trust that our it, pound yeah. is worth a pound right we yeah. all agree that we but trust else, each other that one pound equals one pound when i give you a pound you've got a pound so the same thing with bitcoin is like these these people which is it feels like a pyramid scheme essentially but like you have all these people who are trusting in this in this uh currency which doesn't you're gambling you on the future use buy, of that currency gambling on the future use of it yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. but everyone's How, trusting however, that this will like, work and this will grow and that your bitcoin will be worth that bitcoin when you give it to someone so it's a trust it's, system the thing is it's not you guys are focusing on the thing that like, i want this asset so that i could sell it for more in the future it's mm. also just a case of having that thing at the time regardless of whether it works or not in the future yeah. you still have that memory of that connection with that person at that time that you bought and you knew mm. that you owned it at that time whether it yeah. has a finite shelf life because that currency is no longer around or not, at the time, your ownership, you know you had it and you can still have it. You can have it on your hard drive, whatever. Anyone can have it because they can right-click copy it. But you know you've had that time with that yeah. artist. Yeah, a piece of it. And you had at what is supposed to be a verified transaction that it is genuine. And it, it, it's irregardless, I think, sometimes whether it has value in the future but or not. But why do you need hmm. to spend money to have that feeling? Like, you pretty, well, because you're saying about it's, it, it's a verification of, of, of the access of, of, to that 
moment. Is it, it's uh, like why like, have a signature if it fades in ten yeah. years' time? But then yeah. the signature. So that's the equivalent of this NFT system or this verification system going out of favor. Like you know, when when we do transactions on our credit cards, they they are verified by a bank and verified by the place that they are going. Like yeah. like literally, these verif- this verification process has been done in other forms for years and years yeah. and years. It's just how it's just which system you choose essentially to verify your transactions. The the, the difference. The value and the, the shift, I think, well, in crypto comes from one day, and I mean, Bitcoin and Ethereum and things like that are being more and more used in transactions. But ultimately, the huge amount of trading that goes on with these things is speculation on their value. Like, but mm-hmm. and, and what you're speculating on is one day they they well, hopefully, what you should be speculating on is is one day they may become the primary or legitimate form of commerce, and therefore whatever you end up getting for your Bitcoin will be worth a huge amount. You know, like one day we might be at a point where everyone's agreeing that one Bitcoin is worth a four bedroom house. You know, like uh, that's kind of what you're hoping, and then so one day perhaps you can take your Bitcoin and buy that house because you know ultimately unless you're turning that that digital asset into something of of use or of um physical use there's there's really nothing but speculation on its value to get to take from it that's the same Uh, perspective i I think that you're it's the same perspective like i'm trying to get across the other perspective okay so what value it's like why buy a dota skin this is still a value argument okay let's take money out of it then sorry i I understand what you're saying i i I, I do kind of yeah, right. so let's say the emotive value, yeah. then not not the financial value, the emotive value, um, and and you're saying that basically that verification helps to Im, Im, uh, amplify that emotive value, you know. So it's ownership, you know it, you, you, and there's a human condition and, of like wanting to own something, right? And the mm-hmm. more that that feeling is genuine, the more you get out of it. So ultimately, yeah, okay, if you that. can believe in that NFT being a secure system, that cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. you know, on a whole they seem to be a secure system, right, that mm-hmm. seems to work. Um, th- if you pair that with then introducing art into it, and that's a more emotive thing, like what value does mm-hmm. art have? What does this pixel compare to this one? That's down mm-hmm. to the individual, and you're okay. putting yeah. that as a layer on cryptocurrency. So all you're mm-hmm. essentially doing is, I just want to verify that I got this genuinely from this artist and that I'm supporting them. Yeah. And that means something to me. And so wearing a whether, branded, you, you've chosen a specific brand, and you want to be like, I, this is the one I want. But whether yeah. you are you like in this situation is literally just a tiny token that you could like. Oh fuck, I don't really know. Like I guess it's so confusing because like I, was, I just saw an article about uh, Kings of Leon selling. Um, well, uh, that's album. an interesting and like, one. I'm th- and I'm thinking, like, well, if there's an artist I really fucking like, love and was well into, it would be exciting to buy that one tiny piece for even if it was yeah. there for a moment. And then I was like, oh, actually, you know, it's well, just worth like ten pounds more. Assets. I sell it. I don't want to do it. The Kings of Leon one's interesting because they are also selling uh, front row seats and you know oh, really? uh, tour things oh, okay. with it, so they can verify that you are the owner of that ticket through the uh-huh. cryptocurrency and say yes for because you bought the album through this nft uh you will guarantee a front row seat at uh, any of the tour dates in yeah, 20 whenever it is whenever the pandemic's over so that's a real world asset and that has real value to it and it can be verified that that person's the owner thanks to the technology of cryptocurrency so it's yeah. kind of like you've got to kind of think out of the box a little you can apply real world assets to it it's like 
NBA, for example, could sell a clip of Jordan's sure, I, dunks I'm not, yeah. and along with I'm it. I'm not questioning the the use of the verification technology. That is the the part of this I completely agree with you on. Like the, yeah. that, like the verification yeah, it's not even an argument. Is, I'm just it's just spouting stuff. The verification is the reason the market can exist because that's why there's value to these things because people believe in the verification system of of distributing the you know the value. Like I completely agree there. What what I'm saying is I'm more take, coming at it from a like uh, what value does this new innovation bring most people and mm-hmm. and I'm not sure it does bring a huge amount beyond what already um, exists. Um, so I do like yeah, the like idea. The more of, I think though, about, I, I like it. I like almost like digital but the thing is i i think of it like like what you're saying i'm like oh yeah if you bought a ticket to like see a show right and every ticket that came with that digital verification that sort of nft signature and file you know that'd be great maybe in the future you can go yeah look at this like amazing band i saw 30 years ago and like i've 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 got that verification or i've got that nft of, of, of that ticket like perhaps that would add that value you're talking about that emotive value um i kind of get that as well and and i totally see it as emerging as something that is like a new element of verification or a new element of digital realness i i totally can see it because but what it is right now i think is another one of these like rush like markets basically these these marketplaces um, for scarcity to a degree almost yeah but so in in some instances some of these artists have said that like the reason they've done it is is financially based in terms of they know that they'll get what their the whales are their their work is worth um mm. through doing this transaction knowing that's that every thing, time yeah. that's sold again they'll get a little kickback i mean they won't be as as brutal as 100 percent back but like they get kickback and they know that mm. yeah okay we're getting paid for our work now we don't have to worry about you know spotify's crazy percentages and stuff and yeah i can see in terms of that but it, it's everything is open to abuse so you know watch this space i guess well, that's the thing. It's trying to decentralize abuse, particularly from big companies and publishers and Spotify's and YouTube's that say, we're going to take this revenue share and all music uploaded to this is going to get this percentage. Whereas if you decentralize it through crypt- cryptocurrency and NFTs, um, the power's back in the artist, right? So you can choose what percentage revenue you get from the transaction of the stuff you provide. You can set the price. It's kind of like Bandcamp as well, where it's like, I'm going to put my MP3s up here and I'm going to choose this price but even then like you, you've still got to turn the ethereum into actual money though so it still mm-hmm. will get a processing yeah, fee from somewhere like coinbase it still yeah. will probably i mean we are almost certainly going to see banks regular banks now charging fees more and more often for crypto because like essentially what everyone will then do trot is those artists they won't go up and go oh, i'm going to go and buy a load of stuff off the silk road or i'm not going to go and use that ethereum to buy something they'll then get it turned into cash and then they will then spend that us dollar or that gbp and and whilst yes it is great to see artists get more of a share because apparently on average artists only get about 12 percent. even the biggest artists don't get only a 12 percent of the revenue generated by their art on average okay so that's that's pretty terrible you know it's definitely mm-hmm. great to 100 percent establish systems that give artists more of a share of their money however what we're going to see we're going to see a few of these artists like kings of leon I, I this is my prediction see these people getting these few big hits you know you two will probably bloody do it as well you know what you two are like um you get these few of these big hits and then other artists will try Tempted. and do it but their label will say 
you're not allowed to do it. You're not big enough to be able to just go, fuck it, I'm going to release my back catalog. They'll say, and if you want to do an NFT, we will do it for you and we will take a share. And NFTs will just be contractually obligated from all, for all small and medium musicians. I guarantee it. And it's just these big guys that will get these big early hits because there's no way yeah. in hell that these record labels that have had a stranglehold for years and years and years, just like how GME got fucked by the hedge funds who, you know, there's only so much money you're going to be allowed to make before these institutions will come in and stop it happening. That's why they're institutions. That's how they've existed for so long. Like, so what can we do? That's the bigger scale of things. That's the bigger scale of things. When you think about but, smaller yeah, communities, I mean, I'm, I'm tempted to want to test this on our own platform to a degree yeah. just to see what happens like if we took mm-hmm. i don't know one song we did or one video we like our first video or something yeah just to see whether it's more of a, a community thing and it you know it could be as low as a dollar do you know what i mean it's just like a, that's mm-hmm. a dollar and they could be passing it around each other for a dollar and that's it and they like, oh i owned a bit of the first video ever and like it's it might just be an exciting thing amongst a community mm-hmm. for example for sure for sure so uh, on uh, a small and, scale and i can see why that might be an appealing thing as a as mm-hmm. a thing because how often can you get to own a piece of these things you know when they are in a digital format other than yeah. Yeah, just printing or you'd hope uh, that like maybe cryptocurrency paste. becomes a value that can translate to anything of value mm-hmm. in the real world that's the aim right is ultimately there is an outlet for all these things uh, which don't have a processing transactional fee from banks which have a stranglehold on currency <laughs> as a mm-hmm. whole the point is for cryptocurrency to decentralize to stop the banks getting involved um, so that's right that's the utopic goal but the reality is what smith says is it's got to go through someone you've got all this ethereum where's that going to go it's going to go back Mm. to cash and that's going to change the value of cryptocurrency and banks are going to have bottlenecks in order for you to onboard or offboard that cryptocurrency they're going to try and get in front of it because no one wants to let go of the power they wield (laughs) ultimately Mm. same with publishers it's like music publishers aren't going to allow all their artists to suddenly nft all their stuff they're going to provide a nice system for you guys to put any of your albums on nft we'll take that revenue stream fee though and you guys will have a bit more money than spotify would anyway so but then it it could also go the other way and incentivize uh i guess making your own record label or there is a few nft yeah, record like labels already <laughs> um yeah. which ultimately say we'll onboard this stuff for you and you know there's a percentage fee there but other mm. than that it's all fair game you get to choose your price and, it, and everything it's important to note as well that despite saying these things despite saying you know like this will well trying to predict what will happen trying to poo-poo it and things like that if enough people participate it will continue to in it they will continue to exist and and, yeah. and this is the truth behind a lot of financial institutions and money making methods really you know like until i mean this yeah it, it even if it's stupid it still makes money you know like the stock yeah. market for example is, is the same it's the same with dogecoin things like that the first line of the coinbase dogecoin description is this cryptocurrency was created as a joke like i mean it's a famous thing that people who like play the stock market and things say is it's like it's not uh, it's not about sound financials it's about how people behave with money right like you know you you could have a company that it's end of year results are absolutely awful but if enough people go hey do you want to just do this thing together and then the people we don't tell about it will jump on as well and we'll make money from them essentially is is what pump and dumping is uh you know and and that will happen and so this is why i say it's all ultimately gambling I, i think it is because 
this is this is there's this weird socio-financial element to all of these things where you're trying to work out the true value of something versus how the mob will behave uh, and yeah. and ultimately those things don't always intertwine so you know i'm fully prepared for nfts to take off become a thing become an institution you know that may happen i still question really at the end of the day when all that money is generated how it is distributed and and you know if any of it is more fair or anything like that i don't i just i'm just entirely skeptical it, it's it's just money by a different name i i think in in every form um yeah ultimately but yeah if it's it a better process yeah. of having money mm. then i'm all for it uh rather than you know <laughs> what decides what you know <laughs> the pound or the dollar etc you know i think if there was just a global decentralized currency is that better for everybody maybe um well i mean yes frankly it would be i think but then that's globalism versus non-globalism and good luck trot because america and the uk they don't look like they're adopting globalism anytime soon oh man we, still um, i can be optimistic that won't change the you, outlook you but, can be but uh, ultimately trot you if, if you can be optimistic and you can be happy then your best bet is to make as much money and get the hell out of all of it before well, that's not it all comes it. crashing down like it's more the idea of it is what I'm excited about rather than like how can I cash in on this as best as possible. But it's a symptom of something bigger though, Trot. I think it's a symptom of something bigger. It's a symptom of people desperately needing to find new ways to, to, to be wealthy because existing paths seem to close. And it's, it's a, it's but what's wrong part- with that? Because obviously like in terms of that's everyone's taught to try and earn as much money as they can before they die because or at least to make themselves comfortable. Ex- if that was the way that you could do it, and that was a way around doing it through the older methods. Why not? Because that is is the antithesis to globalism. So this is so Trot's rightly saying that we like as in by that's individualism. And mm. whilst you cannot be blamed for having wanting and having to do that, absolutely. This is the thing. Like the, the problem is right that all this risk and all of these worries are coming onto your shoulders now because the traditional, more secure ways that this uh, this market evolved and where this place came from are no longer available to you. So you're told that you should take all the risk, that you should fight and fight, and if you don't, you know, it's almost your fault. And, and I don't think that's true. And I think that's harming people on a, on a big, big scale. Uh, and, and I think that's that's why, because you're having to adopt that mindset of individualism, that you have to make money, because if you don't, you're fucked. And, and that makes you this... We, we are not... I don't think we are naturally individuals. I think we are happiest when we are working together, when we're collective, when we feel like we're working to something that's better for all of us. That's, that's a much better place. But the reality is everything but, works against against exactly you. Like, yeah, like, yeah yeah exactly so and, and you're so talking about an entire you... systemic change rather than exactly you yeah, know well, this I, is I, a method this... that someone could earn money from I don't so know. Yeah, what obviously... i'm saying i'm not saying about because i know that entire systemic change is unrealistic and and, yeah. and really really kind of impossible perhaps to do in our lifetimes but what i'm saying is it's about that balance between that trying to get enough to be happy and and feeling as though you know you are sound and comfortable and then being happy as well mm. and so that's why i said to trot then if you can be happy and make money and then get out from all of it before it does tear you up um then that's what you need to do because honestly the world is so well not the world we are so stuck in that individualism that uh, that i think i think it's going to take longer than our lifetimes to get out of it and i think that it's not it's not good it's not healthy for people i i i is, is how i think and it's sad and it's really easy to talk about it from this point of view when i make enough money to live happily you know like mm. 
that and, and i know it, you know i recognize the 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 hypocrisy uh, of that and yeah it's like because it, yeah, i mean just, i know this i don't know if this sounds related but i'm kind of thinking like in terms of NF- nfts and like their exclusivity and stuff it's almost like saying like well why wouldn't you buy just a blank white t-shirt rather than a patagonia t-shirt Mm-hmm. Because you you you've set value to that. Because it makes you feel Obviously, good. It's, it's more expensive. It makes yeah. you feel good. So, like yeah, in yeah. a way, that's what this also acts as. Again, we're back to the emotive element of what an NFT is to someone. Mm-hmm. If they're like shit for two seconds, I owned Kings of Leon's album, and it, mm-hmm. when, it, when it cost fifty quid, mm-hmm. that might mean shitloads to someone who really loves Kings of Leon. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's but like yeah, to us, like, um, have, you know, have we? But are we emo- are we equating happiness and good feelings to, to monetary value? Like, we kind of well, are. And, to, and, to a degree, yeah. But look, you're also saying I wanted to be I, part I of something. I don't think I am. Like, uh, for example, but you a can't photo. be part of it unless you can pay. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, yeah. no, you can't. Yeah, when the cost skyrockets, of course, yeah, you're out of it. But then yeah. you can't buy one of their original masters. And you, the, did the you ever dream that you could? No, no, I didn't. I don't really care. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. it comes well, down yeah, to whether you care about the system sure. entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, personally, but, I don't care. Like, yeah. I, I, like, and I think the vast majority of people won't care. And that's why I think this is just a vehicle for the mm. rich to speculate and create ridiculous shows of of how uneven everything is but when you buy certain <laughs> clothing you aren't basically looking for a fake of that clothing you're looking for the original aren't you i'm just i'm only saying this as something i know you relate to because you mm. buy expensive clothing mm-hmm. but you're not going to go out and find a cheaper version that looks exactly the same because you want that version that's what even though they're yeah, almost yeah, identical yeah, yeah. down to the fabric and the, the yeah. color choice and the print uh, technique if it's exactly mm-hmm. the same what makes it different is knowing that it came from the brand that you that's care about and not the brand that you don't um yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. the same thing. I, but but I think in, in this of, realm, it's I, hard to. I think it's part of. But this is like saying it's impossible to act without hypocrisy because everything yeah. we do is built within the confined the idea of of mm. you know monetary value and I mean realness is important for sure. I think I think that honestly the my, the pursuit of a real or of a real piece of clothing, for example, mm. comes from the notion that it is that price or perhaps has been put to that price because it has it is worth it you know so i think for me it's like i want that because it's going to be the exact right cut it's going to be the exact yeah. right material it's going to be everything they intended to, to uh, for me yeah. that's why in clothing and in the technology i buy i i like to buy high like what's considered high quality by peers you know and, and that's where also that there's a tangibility to it and i think that's yeah, what yeah. people are looking yeah. at this right now is going why the fuck would i buy this kind of digital thing that i probably would I mean, you don't have it physically. You don't have well, the art. Let me you, pose it, this so to you. So the tangible you, element is missing, which I think is why people are it's so controversial. And the but only I tangibility think, is created by everyone agreeing that this digital signature is tangible. Like that, yeah. that's, it's, it's, it's created value in that sense. Sorry, go on, drop. Yeah, I know. Uh, also, like, we are not um, unknown to buying things with digital... Um, that's it. All you ever get is the digital version of it. Like, getting mm-hmm. Rocket League packs or battle passes online like yeah you get something out of it but ultimately do you really own it you don't know and you can't really verify because yeah there was a transaction but they could pull the service they could stop producing rocket league they could remove that skin if they wanted to like we we we've all bought things online that are strictly digital and can you know don't technically exist so Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is ultimately just trying to add a layer on top of that which we've already Mm -hmm. done and add some well, legitimacy yeah, like, to it. There's no I, I reason, say, like, your favourite... What tr- Dota released a, an NFT of their game? 
I mean, would oh, that I wouldn't be possible? Would that be possible? So, so I think, Trot, that just because we participate in existing systems of that, that doesn't need, mean we need more of them. Like, you um, know, like, like the idea behind digital distribution of games was that you could get the thing you wanted quickly. Um, it is kind of amazing that we've made the... Um, just made digital games the same price as physical games. I mean, or I more guess expensive. the idea is the On value. On PlayStation stuff, it's more expensive. The idea is the value is all in the um, in the game creator's work, but the reality of that it's is not true. The, the 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 amount of cost associated with distribution and packaging and production was gigantic, and to not see that reflected in the launch of digital games, I think, was a little ridiculous. Unless they admitted, hey, you know what, digital is great because it's going to mean that we're paying our guys more, which I don't think it necessarily correlated. Was to. it to do I with the high street? Like they were trying right. to keep the high street alive, or some shit? Or, I mean, that sounds kind Potentially. of. Like something they wouldn't give a shit about normally, but like, if anything, that that gave an excuse to be like, well, it's more expensive to buy it on the store, so you're gonna have to go to the mm. shop and buy it or online as a tangible product. Yeah, um, I wonder if I don't really know the full reasons why that that was so expensive or why you have why it's not cheaper for a literal download. I don't mm. know. Maybe server costs. I don't know. But yeah, it makes sense. A digital distribution, the physical copy, would be more expensive mm. just overall. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, because well, it's uh, yeah. hugely more expensive to distribute. Ultimately, the, the dream, right, is for the the producer of that piece of work to verify yeah. that their transactions are authentic and add value to that transaction, so that the yeah. customer can both get something from it, but also um, the artist that deserves that money gets it. Sure, you can copy and paste and pirate and all that kind of stuff, but if you can add value to the authentic version of that so that they don't pirate it or copy and paste it elsewhere, instead they'd rather have this version of it because it's verified and you can add more features to it. Like the NFT is just a platform, an onboarding process. If you can verify it, you can add, you know, tickets or whatever, or like I'll update this NFT monthly so it changes over time or like it changes with the weather. You know, an NFT is ultimately a link to something and can adapt and change over time. So basically, if the, if the artist can generate enough value for it to be better than just copying and pasting the, uh, an exact clone of it, then that's good for everybody, in my opinion. Um, Imagine if you sold access to a game on Steam based on how many people wanted access to that game, right? Mm. So, so, for example, imagine, you know, CSGO. It's like the first hundred people that they do an initial coin offering or an initial price uh, product offering, uh, which like crypto and stock does, um, and they say right, a hundred thousand people can play CS:GO for twenty quid. So everyone starts playing CS:GO for twenty quid, and then beyond that, those people then can sell or buy or sell access to the game. Right? How long do you think we're actually going to see that? Because Essentially, all of these things are kind of litmus tests to see what people are willing to participate in and place big value drops in. Drops in the ocean, like big throwing stuff at the wall, aren't they? Yeah. This mm. is like late stage kind of not late stage capitalism because you know we're looking at decentralizing value and currency, which is sort of a, I guess a little bit less perhaps. But then you know the speculation on the currency is kind of capitalism has taken the idea of a decentralized asset and gone yeah let's make some money <laughs> which is quite funny but um like it, it it we we could sell access to a game and and you know if the game gets really good and patched and things like that right and oh man this is going to be great loads more people are wanting it. it's like oh man i've got access to csgo i'm playing with my friends and my friends are like oh i'm gonna pay 35 pound to get in because like all my friends are playing right now 
yeah, I want access. So they get in for £35, right? Then the player base starts to dwindle because the game gets worse. The price, the resale price of the game goes down, right? So so it, it's almost like... But then they can't maintain selling. their game or keep the servers up yeah, because exactly. <laughs> the price so has gone down. So instead of paying yeah. just £50 every time, the it's almost a yeah stock market peer-to-peer access system for getting in and out of a game. Like, See, that, I, that's I, the I, kind I, of I, blue sky thinking we need to uh, make <laughs> NFTs useful and beneficial and you know exciting but so what it does try and what i think money as far as i can tell does is just divide people like mm. it, it it divides it, it gives it takes away access from people so others can have value um so others can say i feel good about being in this game with my friends yeah there's a lot of people that now can't get it because of the value that i've placed on it but it's valuable now i think you there know, needs to like, be currency it, though right i think we've We've learned from history that without currency, it's kind of like a, a wild west of judging value based on the individual and speculation. And like, I think this pig is worth 10 of your cows. Um, yeah, if there was a, it a, has. And, and I mean, yeah, kind of. But then money is just lost all relation to actual things. I'm losing my bearing on well. what currency even is nowadays. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really struggling with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, and Smithy Boy says it's a fucking great pig. To be fair, um, <laughs> I just thought about how you sell it. That's what art is as well. I, yeah. Well, the um, same, I just saw this article saying an original Banksy artwork was burned. Um, uh, yeah, it was bought by yeah. a cryptocurrency group, and then they burned it and then sold it as an NFT for four times its original value. Um, the group of blockchain investors known as Injective Protocol set fire to Banksy's morons, which I think was like kind of a uh, political image um, in a courtroom, I believe. Uh, you have to Google that one to see that one, um, which has previously been valued at ninety-five thousand uh, dollars, and first sold in two thousand six for sixteen thousand pounds. Right, so that's fair enough. Uh, how much did they sell it for? It was three hundred eighty-two thousand three hundred thirty-six as an NFT. So, I mean, that blows my mind that the original physical, tangible copy is not as it does not have the price that uh, the nft has well it doesn't exist amazing. anymore but I think also that's the point. that that money wouldn't wouldn't yeah it doesn't exist anymore so i guess yeah it's it's, it's super only an exclusive. nft now i guess but that's why it costs that, so much that money's not going to banks that's going to the owner so that's another thing to consider there in terms of when you're buying artwork is whoever owned it before not the artist necessarily so yeah he won't be unless you any, put any that revenue stream that. thing in from the get-go Banksy needed to yeah. have put in the original nft that he's yeah. got ownership of it so but this yeah. is the problem that you sold, stayed in the yeah. first place so well no it's not it's not a problem because he sold it in good faith to someone and they've sold it on and, True, and yeah. turned it into and an made NFT. money so it's on Banksy, if anything yeah. you could you could go around trying to get little cheap artworks and try luck but that's yeah. you know obviously this is a banksy and that's you know there's always mm-hmm. still a craze around banksy even now so um yeah that's interesting to know though that you could just um by taking your money outside artwork, of man by taking your money outside of like you know regular banking and government structures you're mm. also just taking all of the risk like yeah. all yeah, of the oh, risk yeah. like like this is the thing about like you're putting so much on the individual now to make money like i think the housing mm-hmm. market was perhaps the first bitcoin not the first crypto but like you know the, before this our parents were thinking about things like this but in terms of the housing market so you know like trying to you know put it in bricks and mortar booms and yeah booms in 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 the ninth like sort of the 90s and then there was the crash in 2008 and people were like looking at it like wow this is a volatile asset like but there is money to be made here if you can you make the right decisions right now we've just found a quicker 
version of that that you can do on your phone but the problem is there's just these huge risks and because the asset isn't like a you can't live in a house made of crypto can you there is this just gigantic risk associated with it which you know is crazy for a lot of you know a lot of people to take on board like you know lots and lots of people are getting into crypto and their finances are completely unprotected from mm. people who are getting better and better and better at you know um online crime like it's it's crazy like if you think about the average not the average person but you think about like when you see a person getting into crypto because they've heard it's a great investment how open they are to those people who are excellent at cybercrime really really good at it you know like really good and so as these markets are becoming more and more retail more accessed by the average person i mean god damn if apple products were anything to go by my nan's got an ipad god help her if she ever gets into crypto you know like (laughs) oh boy like it's yeah i think it's that undersells how secure crypto can be though uh it's difficult to break that and be a criminal on that system um it's quite a tough thing to destroy yeah but you're handling all of the handling of it is being done through a computer which is a lot more vulnerable than than crypto itself like you know as in like i know ross has got a digital secure key which is something that a lot of people um not digital secure key what what, what are they called a a, A ledger a physical ledger which is what is recommended to be really safe because it it, it sta- like lives a... off of your system so that it's less um vulnerable to exploits through just like windows or your pc or something like that um so you know there is that element of it too is that you have to still get pretty teched up pretty knowledgeable to deal with this financial system which, yeah you know um, yeah. over the many generations our banks have you know prevention schemes and securities in place like there's no fraud team for you know ethereum yeah <laughs> if you lose it yeah. all you know you can't yeah. call them and say like i'm paying you a, like a bit of a fee here can you like give me mm-hmm. my ethereum back because that was mm-hmm. uh, not a good transaction there's nothing like that in place which you mm-hmm. know the banks no. have a one-up on is security um and if in, these in markets do end human. up getting manipulated, the people that work out how to manipulate them are all powerful. Like there is, yeah. like there is very little. There's no oversight by nature, by by its very design. And and like all things, like there are good and bad things about approaches to everything. You know, politically and and technologically, medically, like all the sort of stuff. Like with 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 decentralized stuff there's great reasons for it as well but there are some just genuine bits of it that i mean obviously governments aren't perfect and they can be very corrupt themselves and that's the idea is you know you just take the human element out of it but i mean yeah i'm sure you know we're gonna see some we already do i mean you talk about being used for organized crime but i i i think largely when I think people that's talk used about it well yeah exactly they say like oh it's used as a transactional currency for organized crime it's like well yeah it is but it's like you know, the Tesla real saying problem will their come cars when... drive into trucks it's like they're trying yeah. to disrupt it and stop it from mm-hmm. like the auto, but the thing the auto is, market the risk is when organized crime works out how to manipulate the technology or the other market that's the real problem you know organized crime using it is probably feeding the pockets of a lot of retail investors let's be honest mm. um you know it's almost a tax on them using it <laughs> for you could argue crime. like but um, it just needs yeah, to mature and that's the same with banks you know they mm. invent new technologies a contactless system a criminal finds a way to to skim your card um mm-hmm. then they find a new technology to stop that and it's an ongoing mm-hmm. battle whereas crypto i think at least has a a more secure foundation with which to improve upon 
um, than banks at large right now. Yeah. So it's very much on time, the user themselves to be yeah. secure because it yeah, is, they, yeah they say they say yeah don't leave on an exchange don't um, you know make sure to put it in your wallet. Uh, but the downside of that for people unaware is you, you you pay fees to put it back onto your wallet and stuff. So yeah. some people won't do that and then they'll leave themselves open and then bam you get well, hacked. A lot of- I mean yeah only yesterday was it. Yeah, Out- Outlook Exchange emails were all like massively. There's a huge hack from Chinese hackers apparently, um, where they couldn't. Well, I think they were accessing it. Oh, uh, ten hacking teams are capitalizing on the chaos or some shit. But basically, what stops that being a, a specific target on on the crypto markets, especially with the way it's boomed recently? Mm-hmm. Um, you've, got to, you've got to kind of look look out for yourself. Unfortunately, in, the, in these environments, until you know, eventually. You know, maybe a bank will take control of that kind of thing. Or well, the thing is, like Outlook know. Exchange, to, right, yeah. is a server somewhere oh, yeah. where yeah. it's encrypted, sure. And if you can get past that encryption, it's stored in a local server somewhere in uh, a bank of servers. And if you can access yeah. those hard drives, that data is there. the The point of cryptocurrency is it's decentralized, so it yeah. requires uh, almost a network of computers around the world to verify that this thing is legitimate. If, if the criminal can like spoof that. That that's definitely a way around it, but it seems a lot yeah. harder than breaking into one server bank. Um, yeah, probably. I imagine it would be, but you know, I don't know enough about it. I don't know enough about hacking or whatever to. There'll be a way. Feel safe or not. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah, um, but I think and it might be harder. Maybe that's the point the, of it. The more complex these things get, the the less people pay attention to, it and they just look at the the shiny silver side. I think that's really true. So, you know, you have to be uh, yeah. careful whenever you put money towards anything. Um, yeah, I mean, don't, money. don't buy people be for $69 million. It's simple. If you can afford it and you have fun with it yeah. and it's not going to make you financially bankrupt, mm-hmm. then have fun with it. Like, don't put yeah. your life on it. Don't risk everything for yeah. it. And if you want to contribute, then do so at your own risk. Uh, and the, we are the, not yeah. financial advisors or bomb makers. No. No, no, we just uh, like all those things. But we're going to be like selling bang. NFTs soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm excited I mean, to see I, where like, this goes. I, I'm t- like, totally, because we originally said about like, oh, let's do an NFT of like one of our stupid songs or something like that. And the thing is with NFTs, you can set the price for them. You don't have to make it like, well, it should be low. Yeah. So, you know, we could always do like five pound NFTs or something like that, you know, like just to see, you know, because there might be people out there who do believe in it. Like ultimately, this is all just about belief. Whatever More system, of an experiment than anything we, we, really. Yeah. I don't like, it's Whatever so new to me. Whatever system you believe in, I want to understand it. Yeah, I want to understand yeah. it. I want to see the process through. Like, what is it like to put an NFT on? Like, how does it work? Like, what are the places mm-hmm. to go to to do that? And like, how does it work for the consumer end? Like, let's see how that works. Let's figure it out for ourselves rather than reading articles and stuff. I'm interested to like do it for ourselves to know <laughs> and understand it better. Uh, rather than mm-hmm. like dismissing it or jumping on with like blind hope and dreams. Um, do it for real and, and see the real results. So that's right. if you see one from us, that's why we're doing that. <laughs> um, Man, I, I, I was really hoping we could uh, talk about Meghan and Harry this time, guys. We can see oh, really? I'm, I'm so obsessed with the royal family, mm-hmm. and you know, I really just love getting into their uh, personal business. So yeah. it's a shame we don't have time for shame. it, really. But um, oh. that was really <laughs> that was on my mind. I could go Damn on for it. hours about them. You oh, know? I really could. It's so interesting and something that I, I really care about. Me too. Oh, well, we'll mm. have to do that in our own sorry, time, guys. Ross. I'm so sorry to everyone. Yeah, we'll have to do that later. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, 
until then, I guess that's all we got time for, really. We went really yeah. heavy NFT. Yeah. It's good to stay that's, on It's though. a very interesting new technology, and like a lot of people are buzzing about it right now. So why not talk about it? Yeah. Um, yeah, we did touch on emission if issues of NFTs, and ultimately the cryptocurrency mm. is going to be improved over time. I don't think that's going to be so much of a problem that everyone's making it out to be. Uh, but it's a problem right now. But yes. Bitcoin is, yeah. Bitcoin has a huge um, yeah, climate issue uh, in terms I mean, of... Yeah. I think each transaction don't is... NFTs. Just, just because NFTs or Ethereum's changing the way it works, that's the yeah. idea behind why NFTs are going to be better. It's going to, Ethereum's going to Ethereum 2.0 is the idea. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the crypt, like cryptocurrency still has that problem. Cryptocurrency yeah. in general... Bitcoin is bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In terms of power consumption per transaction, it's, it's yeah. Pretty insane, mm-hmm. and yeah, like the the real technologies that are going to grow out outside of that are the ones that can make it even more efficient. And Ethereum yeah. is clearly working towards that, so that's an interesting one to follow. That's just the final yeah, point. Uh, apologies to worried. anyone who has no idea what we've been talking about this entire time. Um, Hopefully, we'll see you the next one, I guess. At least uh, that's interesting right, guys, enough. you have to apologize yeah. to me. Sorry, uh, <laughs> you sounded like you know what <laughs> you're no talking idea about. What I've been talking about this whole time. Oh man, <laughs> he got us again. Uh, uh, well. If He's you good. know what you're talking about and you really have a financial success in your life yeah. and you've got a bit to spare to make sure Hat Chat keeps going, well, there's a Patreon for you, patreon.com slash hatfilms. There's no weird cryptocurrency. Use your real cold, hard cash to support us. Keep it going. I'll be honest, though. Um, I, I would accept cryptocurrency. If there was a way for us to take cryptocurrency, <laughs> we'll I, take would a do, I don't know or how. Two. I don't know if there's a thing we could do or sign up for, but the way it's going... And hey, if you're not selling um, music as an NFT right now, why not send it in for free to our Fingal email, hatchat hat-films.com, and we'll feature it potentially in a future Hatchat if it's awesome. There's nothing stopping them from making an NFT of it. You can do that too. Sure. Send it in as well as making the Fingal for us. Don't trade our NFTs. 100% kickback to Hat Films only. Yes. (laughs) You heard it here first. 100%. Wow. Brutal. We will verify every NFT. Any other NFT is, is fake. Uh, right, okay, that's enough for that. Uh, please join us next time uh, for more Hat Chat. That will be in a couple of weeks' time. Until then, have a great day and two weeks. Uh, and bye for now. Please enjoy. Bye. Ah. And the Fingal.